Sean Majors here with Matt Hankins and Matt week three we learned something about most teams and other teams nothing at all yeah I think that's a pretty good summation um, <laughs> I think what I learned most is and I, I, I think I meant to bring this up maybe I did say this last week but it was on my mind like I think that this one of the things we got to learn now is last week does not matter at all nope. And I mean, you know, you could probably say that about most years and most weeks, but uh, every team looked different in week three this past weekend uh, compared to how they performed in two weeks prior. Yes. Yeah. Without uh, everybody, no, no one <laughs> maintained what they had the week before, except for maybe Florida, who looked just like the same Florida team that lost to Kentucky. They just happened to be playing an opponent that didn't have the horses to come get them, yeah. but um, I, well, I, t- I take that back. There was another team that is showing some consistency uh, that this podcast was very high on, and that's them USC Trojans. Yes, they've beat up bums, but yeah. part of the deal is you got to treat – and uh, the other one is the number one team in the land, the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, like, w- with Georgia, the thing about Alabama used to be that they made everybody look the same. Right. Didn't matter who they were playing, they made them all look the same. And sometimes, you know, the score would be a little less lopsided. Maybe they wouldn't put up quite as many points or this, that, or the other thing. Georgia is making everyone look like Georgia opponent X. Yeah. And that is going to be terrifying. And, you know, when, uh, like, let's, let's start here, right? Uh, Georgia, South Carolina. Um, to your point, you know, we all thought that Oregon was, uh, was a bad football team. But they just beat BYU, 12th ranked team in the country, this past weekend, Georgia's 49 to three win over Oregon is looking even better than it did two weeks ago. Um, so I was talking with a Georgia fan at work Friday. And he's like, you know, I really want Oregon to go on and, and do good. Cause it'll make us look better. I'm like, what are you even worried about? Dude, yeah. you're not going to need those style points. No. And I mean, a, <laughs> and they're going to need them even less when the playoff expands in two or three years. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, maybe that is a good thing about um, playoff expansion, uh, something that I've tried to resist for years and years and years. Still hate it. We'll always hate it, never won't hate it. It, it, will, it will do away with the need to if, – if Bryce Harper had the year he had last year in a playoff-expanded college football system, he would only be playing – Outfielder for the Philadelphia Phillies? <laughs> Bryce Harper. Is that who we're talking about? <laughs> Former Washington National? I found his the bad boy of the league. I found his old jersey that I marked all over when he when he left uh, DC <laughs> in, uh, in my closet. Um, Br- well, Bryce you wanted as much as he as he has his Phillies jersey. Yeah, seriously, Bryce uh, Bryce Young uh, in a playoff expanded uh, college football season. If he had the kind of year he had last year, he would probably only play halfway through the second quarter before he got pulled. Yep. Um, so no style yep. points necessary. So Georgia. Did we learn anything we knew, anything new about Georgia that we didn't already know? Um, I don't think we learned anything that we didn't already know. I just think we had things reinforced. They are, without question, the class of college football. 
Um, There's no getting around it. Talking Tide, number two team in the country. <laughs> you got y'all talking Tide. Um, Alabama beat you, Ole Monroe. The revenge game from 2007. God. Um, uh, B. U. L. Monroe, sixty-three to seven. You know, just cause, just because you perform this way against a team that is bad, it's not necessarily a, a neutral thing. I mean, they looked good. It was a good practice. You are supposed to make that team look like that. Yeah. Um, there's still some things though that are alarming about. Uh, Alabama. yeah. The entire team is having, uh, specifically on defense, having roid rage the second they get on the on the field. They need to fucking calm down. Got to chill out, guys. And I don't. This is this is coming from a position of privilege. This is coming from a position of haughtiness. And I do not like. I do not like that I have these feelings. I don't like it. I'm fully admitting that these are bad feelings to have. Um, but I wish the approach in these games was a little more business like because a lot of aggravation I had in the Texas game stemmed from the fact that they really enjoyed the pummeling of Utah State. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I just don't like it as a look. Um, and I think one of the things, and this is to extrapolate large, and I saw this all over the place, kind of when I was shocked that Panix Jr., quarterback's Washington now, and I couldn't figure out why I remembered his name. I was like, I hadn't watched a Washington game since the Peach Bowl playoff game. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, he was the kid from Indiana yep. that gave Ohio State the fits. And um, and again, this podcast has been very much pro-player movement, pro-player, pro-player payment. However, it does come with a price. And I think the price of it is some of the things we're seeing about Alabama. I heard it mentioned on the broadcast, but I I think it was a good point that because of the transferring, you don't have upper-class leadership in second and third on the depth. Yeah. And, and you get those, you get younger guys in situations that don't quite have that business-like approach. And again, this is being spoiled to um, a history of middle linebackers that just went about (laughs) their business. That and defensive backs that just went about business. And I enjoyed that because that was as Alabama rose to prominence. But when you start to get really fancy players all the time, those guys are have have some showmanship to them. And I'm not against it. I'm not saying it's bad and I'm not saying it's indicative of anything. I'm just saying this old dog don't like it. Kirby nor I. Don't <laughs> yeah, you know, my, my brother-in-law would always joke uh, um, how, you know, my father would watch a uh, an, an Alabama game, not unlike what we saw this past weekend, and then come out of his room and say, sloppy. And, you know, like, I get it. I do. The Johnny Majors index <laughs> was very, very high. And the Hankins True Score index puts this game at about 42 to 20. Oh, wow. That's that's yeah, like a Clemson like, victory we saw this festival. Yeah, like I didn't I didn't care for it at all. Um and the problems on the offensive line still exist. Defensive backs are still in questionable positions a lot of times. Um yes, they had some explosive plays early and the game was never in question, all that stuff. But again, like I just would like a little more workman to this team because I think <laughs> 
more than anything, I think that's what it's going to take to win it all this year is just workmen. Out. Yeah, and, you know, the – I don't know. Offensive line still scares me. Um, the the pre-snap penalty first play of the game is just a bad <laughs> omen. You had all week to correct one thing, the, penalties. And, the, you know, the way the defense has played the past two weeks, you know, can they can they get it under control, of course. You know, arguably no other team in the league is, is suited to do that. But And to, I, I feel the need to say this as well. Like, that defense held Texas to 17 points. Yeah, yeah, or sure. How, was it 19 points? It was that, is that 2019. Yeah, 19. That ended, but, yeah, you know, they, they the defense is playing very well. Um, but I don't know that they've really been up against offensives just yet that allow us to make a whole lot of – determination about what they actually yeah that's i mean that's the thing in 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 a big game and there are several in conference games coming up um you know who's to say that there's not going to be a massive mistake on the in in the secondary when it matters the most in the the middle of the fourth yeah that is that's what i'm worried about um and like you said (laughs) a pre-snap penalty on the first play of the game is is truly something to behold um, Ohio State won by a lot. Michigan won by a lot. Clemson won by a little. Um, even though Dabo's very fast running down the hill, <laughs> that's been the story. That Dabo's very fast running down the hill. Um, um, we, of, of course, by uh, recording time last episode, um, the moment we went off the air, uh, Nebraska got together. And they're like, okay, guys, they've gone to print. Let's fire Scott Frost. So they have to wait seven days. I would not have remembered if I wasn't looking at the Oklahoma-Nebraska score. This podcast that was out here, one of the members picking Nebraska for a big year. One of the members. Let's, let's not, let's not uh, give them the juicy tidbit that they could use for on-air content until they're done. But So here's the thing about that game. Um. There's two things. Worst possible case scenario for those poor idiot Nebraska fans. Three and out to start the game on defense. Yeah. Long touchdown to start the game on offense. And then nothing after. For the rest of the game. Just terrible play. Garbage time touchdown. Um, They hate their fans. There's no. Now, of course, so I other, think you're. I think there's evidence to support that theory that they hate their fans. If they just threw, they could have waited like two weeks and saved seven million dollars. That's how much they hated Scott Frost. Which also points to uh, maybe the front office of the Nebraska football department just listens to this podcast because by firing Scott Frost when they did, what they told me was. We think they we have a chance to beat Oklahoma and turn this thing around and we're stuck with him. That's what the fire that's what the seven and a half million dollar extra money was spent to avoid. I mean, is there any way that they thought that they were getting a jump on the coaching carousel? <laughs> two weeks, Shawnee? A two mean, week that's, jump? I'm reaching. I'm reaching. Like it's like the the only thing that makes sense is they were worried that Frost would slip up, beat Oklahoma, yeah, yeah, rally the yeah. base, and they couldn't fire him. I mean, they're not. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's. But if that's if that's if they have that nugget of thought in their head, 
guess what, guys? They're still alive in the Big Ten West or whatever, <laughs> the legends of the league. Their side of the, the division is terrible. It's really bad and winnable, but just, I guess, not with Scott Frost. But Just why not save, and again, $7.5 million to us, I can't really comprehend it. I'm never going to see that amount of money. But I, I, I think I can say with some certainty that $7.5 million is different at Nebraska than it would be at Ohio State. To keep my teams out of it, yeah, like Texas, sure. it's just different, and that's not. I'm not. That's not a judgment. It's just the facts of the matter. Like that's a different. But they still ponied that dough up. Now, what is also in that game, up by a gazillion points. Oklahoma does double reverse pass touchdown. It got pretty. And, it got pretty offensive. It got, it got rude. And I was. Very tickled watching college football Saturday this morning to hear Joey Galloway yell out, save that play. (laughs) You know, I'm starting to think people really do save some plays. Save them plays. I tried to tell y'all and y'all was made fun of. Where did I see a a double lateral or a double lateral pass? Penn State. Yeah, 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 yeah. Penn State through. Oh, my. We'll get to that later because, boy, we're going to chew on that. Um, Also. On the Oklahoma-Nebraska game, Larry the Cable Guy openly courting Urban Meyer to be the head coach is just the per- it's the perfect scenario. Like, that is a, first of all, 2022, <laughs> who knew we'd still be talking about Larry the Cable Guy? We, we definitely knew we'd be talking about Urban Meyer needing a job. That's not even. Larry the Cable Guy and his favorite phrase, uh, famous phrase, um, um, tater salad. <laughs> get 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 it done. Get get him done. Hey, get that done. Get her done. But Larry the cable guy on Fox's tiny desk, Gordon <laughs> Urban Meyer, and the people erupting. So the people erupted, Shawnee. They went batshit crazy at the notion. Did they know what they're like? Look, look, Nebraska. I you love. Your football team. I respect how much you love your football. You do. They are a dedicated, loyal fan base. Y'all don't want this. He, that ain't that ain't y'all ain't about that life, dude. Y'all are not about that life. <laughs> Urban Meyer would show up on uh, on campus his first day, um, wearing wearing not Nebraska red, but still that Ohio State scarlet. Scarlet. He would still have scarlet Scar- or garnet. Is it? Scarlet. I think it's Scarlet that Ohio State is. He that's what he would have on. And he would never change. No, no. And he'd have his he'd have his hands on his hips. And he'd start talking about like what girls are fuckable in Lincoln. That's he'd have a list of actual women. (laughs) Like actual women. Over the age of twenty five. No. No, no, no. Eighteen to twenty five only. But to say that Tom Osborne ran a squeaky clean program would be a lie. Like Lawrence Phillips went to school there. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to say. That's all I need to say. However, if you look at Tom Osborne, you you just assumed that everything was above board. He had the the equity. He had the ethos. He had the statesly old manness that just lets you look at it to know. And they could they could rest at night thinking that their program was on on the up and up. Urban Meyer, all that's out the window. Now, 
are they so starved for winning that they're ready to, that they think they're ready to do? They're not. Like, look, as a person who's out here in these streets trying to figure out his path, <laughs> you're scrolling through the tender sometimes and you see something, you're like, hmm? E&M, Polly, like maybe he's a new. No, baby. That's, and I say, no, that's the deep end of the pool. I ain't ready for that. Um, so th- I'm telling you right now, Nebraska, that is the deep end of the pool and you are not ready. I just, I, <laughs> of course, Nebraska fans would trade the success Urban Meyer saw at Ohio State and Florida in the second for a couple arrests. Of course. But man, if you, I'm looking at an Orlando Sentinel <laughs> article from September 17th, actually, 2010, a list of every Florida Gator arrested in during Urban Meyer's tenure. And this does not even list Aaron and Hernandez. You're still scrolling. Yeah, I'm still, you're still you scrolling. can probably see the, the, uh, the reflection here. But yeah, I mean, and it, it and it's not just like you know these are stalking charges. These are like you know yeah, they're not good. <laughs> they're not good, dude. Like they're not good, and that is a part of the deal. And I'm not even I'm really not even casting a judgment on that either. It's just part of, of course, the deal. Of but Nebraska's not ready for that. No. They're not. They're just not ready for it. Um, Anything to be to be said about Kentucky three and zero blew out Youngstown State at home. You know that win over Florida still looks good. Florida is not terrible, yeah. um, but we all know. And look, I'm going to have to say it: Tennessee might be something. They might be. Well, if Creel was here, he'd say Tennessee has an offense. Seriously, <laughs> well, they really do well, have an offense. Their athletic department agrees because they gave Josh Heupel. Uh, <laughs> a not a midseason, a week three contract extension. I, I'm and I'm not sure that that's not protecting against. I, I don't think that's not just padding the buyout. I still stick by my Samson. Hypo makes sense in Nebraska. That Hypo will have some options this year yeah. that might fit him more than Tennessee. Um, so keep just keep your eyes open on that. Um, but yeah, Kentucky's. They're fine, but they've got a date with Georgia, and I bet Georgia makes them look like Kentucky, <laughs> and just sucks all of the fun out of the East. Just sucks every that balloon right single up. year. Um, you know, if you were to tell me that we'd learned something about Arkansas when they played Missouri State, I'd call you a fool. Well, I think we learned something about Arkansas. I love them. I've been big on Sam Pittman. I love him. Ten. He loves Colbert. I love tenth him. Ranked Arkansas. But I think Arkansas has shown us that that's what they like to do. Now, in their, in their other two big games this year, they've gotten out to leads and let them eke back. Because South Carolina was marching to make that game interesting. Yeah. Cincinnati very much did march and made that game interesting. This time they just came out flat, and it was 17 to nothing for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Arkansas eventually battled back in 138-27, but they needed all 60 minutes scoring three touchdowns in that fourth quarter. Right, and one of them, punt return or something like yeah. that. So they needed some extra stuff. Now, those kinds of things happen. Um, I think that last week has taught us, and the and the results this week further emphasized, again, we are moving into a place that any given Saturday – is really start going to be a predominant theme. Um, you Because it, it, if last week mattered, App State would have blown Troy out. Yeah. 
Marshall wouldn't have gone to overtime with Bowling Green. Yeah. Um, Texas A&M would have gotten trounced by Miami. Notre Dame would have been in a dogfight with Cal. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, Washington. But, yeah, I don't think it matters. I think any given Saturday, like, that's – I think that's Arkansas. Like, again, everybody's going to hate to hear us say it, but it was really a victory day for rat poison. Like, the rat poison yeah, narrative yeah, for was sure. the big winner yesterday. Absolutely. Rat poison, of course, being you win, <clears throat> you have a bunch of nice stuff written about you. So you start believing the hype, and then you come out flat yep. the very next day. Um, uh, one one loss does not a coaching career uh, ruin, but Michigan State looks a little silly giving Mel Tucker uh, $10 million. <laughs> Getting bullet To lose to that team that way? I mean... You you mentioned it earlier. I mean, their their star quarterback uh, is a Indiana transfer. Um, made him look like Johnny Unitas. And his last and name that's is a guy 80, that They should know his last name is eighty percent of the way to penis anyway. Like, yeah, that and that's a guy that they've had some experience with. He was in that yeah. already. <laughs> Why were you shocked by this? And you know, it's you know, it's bad when the narrative starts to come out around the fan base of. Kudos to them for scheduling out of conference. Like, fuck all that shit. Quit. Stop with that shit. I'm done with that shit. Uh, Kudos to nobody for scheduling nobody because guess what? You can get beat on any given Saturday now. Like, that's just how it is. The transfer portal has flattened that gap a little bit. um, And Washington, who has been an afterthought for a while, goes and gets a quarterback and he shows up and he makes you look a damn fool. And he might totally shit the bed next week <laughs> because last week never matters anymore. And, you know, we'll get to this uh, in a little bit, but we, we found out yesterday that all that matters, Matt Hankins, is how you treat your uh, your opponents when they come visit. Um, Oregon, uh, you know, we said it earlier, makes Georgia look a little better. They beat number 12 BYU when uh, when they came to town. Uh, 41 to 20. Uh, Oregon, the game was, you know, Never in question, really. Two of those, uh, or 13 of those points uh, that BYU scored under 20 came in the fourth quarter. Um, will Bo Nix lead this team to the playoffs? No. Okay, moving on. No. <laughs> no. But they just. Bo Nix won't lead this team. But they just they won't beat. lead this team to the Pac-12 championship but game. But they just beat a BYU team who lost to. I think they did win the Texas Tech game. BYU lost to somebody who lost to Florida. Is it Utah? Did Utah beat BYU? Uh, we hadn't had Holy Week. Oh, okay. Um, Texas A&M. This, this was kind of the game that I was waiting for all damn week. Too long. Waiting on it too long. Because <laughs> 9 o'clock was a oof. Why was it 9 you o'clock? more like an old man. I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know why they thought that that was the window to put that game in. I, you know, I try to pay attention to that stuff and like, but I, I don't know. I guess because there was nothing on the schedule really. Yeah. Um. I and I don't know. I, maybe they wanted to try to get people to U, Florida and USF, and they just thought, well, let's just give that a window. Um, and they and ESP or excuse me. I think maybe what messes it up is this. Maybe because CBS had first choice 
and they picked an SEC right. game, except for it was a split. And so ESPN essentially had to counter-program that with Mississippi State and LSU, and it just messed the windows up. Um, all I heard all week <clears throat> was that Van Dyke is the quarterback Miami has been waiting for. Like, like parallels to Gino Toretta, and my God, how, how... Whoop-de-damn-dee. <laughs> yeah, look just like him. Look just like him. <laughs> how, how close those parallels were. 21 for 41, 217 yards, no touchdowns, against a Texas A&M team that was missing their entire secondary in the first half. Um, so, we talked about, you know, what did we learn, right? I learned something last night about myself. I hate Miami. <laughs> really? Yeah. This, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the yeah. you hating Miami and me kind of pulling for them as the little the little engine that could is not the the scenario I thought twenty twenty two would bring. No, didn't have that no, on my twenty twenty two bingo card. I didn't know that I hated. Well, I know I do know why I hate Miami. It's because I'm a big fan of the Dan Lebetard show, uh-huh. um, and one of the people on that show is all in with Miami and is very annoying about it, and he doesn't really know how to college football. Um, and so they are constantly pushing their hype. And so I'm, I'm aggravated at that. And the Miami fan base is just that extrapolate or uh, multiplied. Um, so that is what got me. Like, I, obviously I hate Texas A&M. Right. But, I mean, come on. That goes without saying. Yeah, that goes without saying. But last night I was I didn't know how I would lean in that game, but it was clear I could not really Miami, and I don't like well, that. But that's that's reality. A and M survived seventeen to nine um, against Miami, and I mean it was pretty much that close the entire game. Um, <clears throat> but also never felt like Miami was going to win the game. No, no, it didn't. I mean, you always thought that only, even though it was a one score game, that A and M was always going to hold that. Only shot in the arm was the muffed punt late that they recovered. God. And even on that, though, they forced a three and out and got the ball back. Like, yes. Was it a giant momentum swing? That they could? Sure, of course. But even that was not a catastrophe that it that they didn't get that opportunity. They still had another opportunity. Um, I Because Cristobal went to Oregon, I really don't know a lot about how he coaches. Right. Um, but in following along with Twitter last night, so I could stay awake, you just had to, I had to be constantly doing something. <laughs> um, but Oregon fans were like, nope, this is what we're used to. This is it. It's the same. But man, you're down. We, we use the word coward here a lot. <laughs> but was there a bigger act of cowardice? Yeah, no, you got to go for that touchdown, man. Then your offense is struggling. You finally get to the red zone. You call three straight. Runs and up then the kick. One of them is with your, one of them is with your immobile quarterback. That and then you kick a field. That goal. third down call, of course, it looks genius if it wins. But was was that just a straight draw play? <clears throat> it looked like <laughs> one. <laughs> third, I think it was third and goal from the eight. Uh, maybe maybe the six at, at the closest. But uh, yeah, not great play calling. Um, and I mean, did we learn anything from Texas A and M? You know, they're coming off that that awful loss. Yes, they're a team that scores seventeen points. <laughs> That's what they're going to score. If you can score more than seventeen, you will win. If you score less than seventeen, they will beat you. That's who they are. <laughs> Can't their offense is impotent? Sure, 
They have a dynamic wide receiver who can make plays in space, but he is just one man. Um, even though he is supported by a 12th man, that does not help. Uh, I really dislike they Texas tried, A&M in their entire culture. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They tried another quarterback, um, and he they were the fans seemed to be happy about it, but he yielded the same results. In, in college, <clears throat> were you ever a... I mean, you know, you went to A&M and UAH, so there was never a, a huge football presence. Right. Uh, certainly non-existent in, in your second stop. But could you ever see yourself in college, like, going to the midnight yells at Texas A&M? No, that's just not a thing that I'm going to be a part Unless of. Unless there's a pretty um, little lady that you got your eye on. Well, yeah, if there's a pretty little lady involved, then all bets are off. But no, like, but... I, I think it's dumb and I hate it. I want to be on the record with that. <laughs> that is 100% the title of your autobiography. I think it's dumb and I but, hate it. But I don't think it's not something people should do. Like, I I will give Texas A&M this credit. I believe them to be authentic. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're not putting on airs. Like, that is truly who they are. And that culture permeates everything there. I read a thing last night that I would love to verify. I don't, it, and and I say it because it's a crazy thing I'm about to say. <laughs> it was it was put it on Twitter. Get ready, everybody. I I don't believe it to be true, but the bigger issue is Texas A&M is so wackadoodle that I'm even entertaining yeah. the notion yeah, yeah, yeah. that the following statement is true. That dog, whose name I do not know, I do know that Sean's favorite reporter, Holly Rose, said she was so pretty and had such great manners. Mm-hmm. Um, Reveille, I actually do know the dog's name. The dog's name is Reveille. Reveille is handled the, by a The student. dog's name is Reveille? Reveille, yeah. Like R-E-V-E-L-Y? No, I, e, I don't know how you speak. You know I don't know how to spell okay. Reveille, like like a celebration. Like, oh, I don't know it's an old white people sure. word. White people love Reveille. It's one of their favorite. It's true. Things. It's true. Um, I got a Reveille meeting later on today. We just kind of whisper the name back and forth to each other. So Reveille is handled Reveille. by a student, and you're putting a second R in that word that does not. Revelry. That's that's Reveille. That's the word. Look. All right. Pause the podcast. No, it's not Reveille. It's Reveille. Reveille, you do that, I'll tell the story. E- Ecclesiastes. Um, I don't read the Bible. Um, handled by a student, is taken to class with the student, and if Reveille barks in class, class is immediately dismissed. I hate Texas a <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Oh, but it could be. Rev- it could be true. Reveille. Is that how Holly Rowe pronounced it? I think that's how it's spelled. Reveille. Yeah, R-E-V-E-I-L-L-E. Reveille is known yeah, as the... Yeah, f- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Reveille is known as the first lady of Aggieland and is Texas A&M's mm-hmm. official mascot. There are many stories as to how Reveille first, made her, uh, first came to campus, but the most widely accepted tale is that Reveille... First made her appearance in January 1931. That's an old dog. Well, on their way back... <laughs> <laughs> Can't teach them new tricks. Well, hey, oh, well, on their way back to campus from nearby Navasota, 
A group of cadets hit a small black and white dog with their vehicle. This is getting dark. They picked up the dog and brought her back to their dorm to care for her. But since pets, pets weren't allowed on campus, the dog was carefully hidden. But the injured pup quickly blew her cover. The next morning when Reveille was blown by a bugler so to wake the cadets. A Reveille is the note that wakes up uh, a drummer. That's the note that wakes everybody up. You're called a Reveille. Yes. yes. Reveille 1 died on January 18, 1944. So didn't even see the end of World War II. Sad. You know that dog hated black people. Miss Rev, as she is affectionately known. If you nasty. <laughs> as she is affectionately known on campus, is the highest ranking member in the Corps of Cadets and wears five silver <laughs> diamonds. The Corps commander only has four. This means that if Miss Rev, if you nasty, falls asleep in a cadet's bed, the cadet must find some. I hate Texas A&M so much. The cadet must find somewhere else to sleep since she outranks him. Tradition also dictates that if Reveille is in class and barks, the professor should end class because Miss Rev is bored. I strongly dislike everything Texas A&M stands for. If a f- I, I am on the record of loving dogs. Hot take. I am on the record of loving dogs. If I want to sleep, this isn't true. My dog takes up most of my bed. I, I'm going to move the be- the dog over and sleep in my own damn bed. But, but y'all are of equal rankings. <laughs> Gator doesn't outrank you. Reveille does. And if one of my fucking bunkmates rats me out, he's going to get a blanket party. <laughs> so, so that's who, that's how aggravated I am. With the I am considerably I more aggravated over. than I was three minutes ago. I love it. I love it. Um, just imagine if you're a Texas fan and that's the people you had. Like, <sighs> as much as I hate the university, or excuse me, Auburn University's football program, I don't have a problem with the human beings. They are no different. Of course. Than the people that go to and support the school that I like. It's just strictly a football thing. This is 100% football. Now, imagine though, if you're Texas and those are the wackadoodles. Because look, the Texas fan base is bad too. All fan bases are bad, but Texas has got its own special brand of stuff. But those are the maniacs. The cult that you have to deal with. And like, yes, <laughs> the, the clips of the midnight yell are making the rounds. I'm glad that the rest of the world is finally getting to see this thing that the rest of us have already known. They're terrible. I'm, Did you see the Miami one? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm in a blind rage right now, man. There's a, there's oh, a video oh. <laughs> at reveille.tamu.edu. Uh, just oh. a one-hour U-log video of Reveille 10 just sleeping by the fireplace for you to put on the TV during... For your dog to watch and aspire to be as great as this dog. Born in Topeka, Kansas. Reveille 10. Okay, I, I apologize. No, I did not see the Miami one. So, you know, this one... I don't. I honestly don't even understand it, but it just ended with, if you like the Sunshine State so much, why don't you go back to it? Oh! <laughs> Got him. Also, you can schedule Miss Rev for your uh, event. Um, I bet that costs forty thousand dollars. Just email Rev Scheduling at cores.tamu.edu. 
But but somehow <laughs> those people, those people, picked Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher, and they and they follow him, man. They follow him like a yes. damn cult leader because that's what he is. Do you know how good R.C. Slocum must have had it? Oh my there? god! Oh. So let me ask you this because this this occurred to me last night that I it was a blind spot that I really didn't know that I didn't know that I had. Um. When you think of the play on the field of a Jimbo Fisher team, what comes to mind? Honestly, it's just Jameis Winston flopping around in that Oregon game. It is, but like I think, but to that point though, you think of Jameis Winston and you think of those high scoring. Yeah, yeah of course, Florida State not seventeen teams, right? points. But if we look at the long view of it. This is it. He just is a boring offense guy. Yeah, yeah. He happened to have a dynamic player one time who was crazy as a shithouse rat. Yeah. But <laughs> without that, Jimbo doesn't have a specialty. Yeah, I mean, he... I think he's a defensive guy, I think, but that's pro- that might just be... He, he was... Yeah, he was LSU's defensive coordinator, right? Under safety. And, and he... I mean, I believe he's still calling offensive plays. I think he might you, be. You know, this this actually reminds me of, I was reading an article about the the loss. Was it Georgia State? There were so many upsets last week. Georgia State that beat Texas A&M. Uh, App, App State. App State. Um, the, uh, they asked him if his ego would get in the way of him relinquishing play calling duties. First of all, didn't know that he was calling plays. Second of all, I didn't know anybody was calling <laughs> plays. If I'm being honest, well, he had said something to the effect of, "Yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'm open to anything. Ego's not going to get in the way. Besides, I had always planned to um, call plays for five years and then hand it over. It's like what you you had a five year plan to, but what if your your play calling is going exceptionally well and you have like uh, who's that fuck from Auburn, Tony Franklin." And you're gonna like give it, give it to him, because you're your that guy with five all books, with all his stupid books. Your five year self imposed deadline crossover, or the flip side, you lose to App State. No, hey, I said five years. I said five years. Not five years. Told you five years. Like no, like that was a pedestrian, boring offense, <sighs> and they won that game because they found the one more pedestrian, more boring <laughs> offense that they could play like. Nobody on Miami's team, save for their running back, looked like they had any sort of uh, flash or flair or giddy-up, if you will. They And the I don't know that that game could have ended on a more perfect play. Yeah. The play was there. <laughs> the play was there. Um, the quarterback threw the ball very hard. He did. He threw it very hard. No touch. Could not catch it like that. But that is the thing that Miami has spent all their money on. And can they get better? Of course they can. Yeah, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. But when you're Mario Cristobal and they make a big deal out of hiring the country's assistant coach of the year mm-hmm. in, is it Josh Gaddis? Is that his not name? Josh Gad. Gaddis. Josh Gad. Yeah. Not Gad. That's it's not. Josh Gad. It's definitely Gad. Star of Pixels, Josh Gad. It's voice of Olaf, Josh Gad. Star of Book of Mormon, Josh Gad. Um, but when you hire Gaddis and it, you make a big to do of this, he's going to call these plays, and the plays that you call are dope. You can't. You can't score a touchdown. You can't score a touchdown, and you feasted on that. Is so I talked about 
how last week doesn't matter, and you should beat these teams like you beat these teams. But that's where that lens can mess you up. Is yep. they did make Bethune Cookman look like Bethune Cookman. Mm-hmm. They they fucked around with Southern Miss long enough, but as Alabama fans, I think we see that as like, yeah, that'll happen to you, yeah. bud. Like, if beating Southern Miss 20 to 17 ain't the worst thing in the world, but like they went ahead in the second half and drummed them, but it was all fool's gold because that offense ain't it. And it's not necessarily lack of talent either. Like, the quarterback does have some talent. And it's, oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's okay. You know, it's, it's the same thing going on in Gainesville because we're, you know, this, this isn't supposed to be the year for Miami. Like, you know, of course, they're ranked to nine because we shouldn't be ranking teams until midway through yes. the season. Um, I, I'm just—it's supposed to be the year you see improve. Of course, yeah, yeah, and they'll they'll get there. I mean, AM is not a shitty. Well, never mind. Um, I'm gonna say one last thing about this game, then we'll move on. Revely. Originally, Revely was given free reign on campus. However, since 1960, she has been cared for by ma- a mascot corporal, a sophomore cadet in Company E2. The mascot corporal is chosen from within his unit each spring, and Revely lives with the, that cadet for a year. She goes to class with him or her, out on dates, and even home for the holidays. Imagine having to like, hey man, like I. Wait, are cadets? Do they have any? Is that like the National Guard? Do they have any standing in the United States? I don't military? think it is. I I do not. Or is think it just Rotsy? That I don't even know if it's that, Shawnee. I don't know if there is any like organizationally military connection to it. I do not know. I should research it because my my assumption has always been that this is just like ROTC yeah. permeation. Is this? I, I don't think know it's stolen that, that, I don't think that. Sh- I don't think it is. Like, I don't think they have any actual connection. I think they're in the Army of Texas A&M. I could be wrong. But <laughs> Again, it's one of those things that sounds right. So That it could, they have created a world where that could be true. <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. You know, you talked about Tennessee. Uh, we we, we kind of went there. Uh, they they mopped, uh, mopped the floor with Akron 63-6. to six. Um, the fastest growing uh, program in the United States. Uh, in, They're in growing. Football, 27-14. Like, NC State that's the Texas game State. they always lose. Yep. That's the game they always lose. They didn't lose the, I can't remember who, uh, East Carolina almost got them, but they are growing. What do you got? Uh, so Florida needed all 60 minutes to uh, stave off a uh, an upset from South Florida at home. They won thirty-one to twenty-eight. Um, is again, it's on a kick. It the wackiest kick you ever seen. Did you see yeah. that kick? Like the snap put the ball flat on the ground, and the fact that he even got close is a miracle. But I think what we're seeing with Florida is Dan Mullen did not recruit. No, I don't mean he didn't recruit well. I mean he just didn't do it. I mean he. I, Florida did lose uh, a, a great number of players. Florida and LSU both had pretty similar off seasons, but I mean, I I don't know that that's at, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Like Florida is not Florida is not supposed to win the East this year, and it's fine. These games are fine. They're they're still on track to, to yes. know where they're going. Billy Napier is three games in, um, and I don't know. Did, did we learn anything about Florida? They don't have a lot of horses. I think we've learned that they they are strapped for depth. And I mean, with the the kind of schedule that they have coming, um, you know, Tennessee is looking better than we thought. Georgia 
I mean, they. Is there any way the Kentucky game just beat them up? Uh, I'm. I believe that happened. I think. I think that's a real thing. Um, I think we saw it in evidence of App State and Marshall that previous weeks, if you have a big time game that's physical and hard, and you know the. A big win and a big loss can both have trickle-down effects. I believe those things to be real. Oh my God, there's kids are just humans. Like, ask yourself this. If you have a shit day at work <laughs> yeah. on Tuesday, Wednesday ain't going to be just peaches and cream. So add that to the physical toll that doing physical things. So, yeah, I, I do believe that the Kentucky game had some effects. They struggled early, but then they, they were in the place to put it away, and they just couldn't. Their quarterback's decision making is tough, and if he is not playing with, if he's not the superior athlete and being very dynamic, that team is going to struggle because they don't particularly have an offense that works. Yeah, and, and I mean to your point, it's it wasn't that it was just thirty-one to twenty-eight. I mean they they picked off the South Florida quarterback twice. Yeah, and still and needed both of those. They needed every single big play I, to win right, by three it was points. Thirty-one to twenty sort of broke it open, and then they just they couldn't get over that. Hump. Yeah. So, yeah, I think depth problems, but, man, Billy Napier says the right things. He looks like he might be the guy who can do some things there. So, if I'm Florida, I feel much better because, again, that's also the game they've been losing. They've been losing that game, and they didn't. It didn't. It wasn't great, but they didn't lose. Um, Wake Forest continues their their insane winning streak, 3-0. Ole Miss – but Liberty gave them all they could stand, and I gotta say this, guys. I got to say this: Hugh Freeze, not a coward. Um, bad play design. Does Hugh Freeze don't call. I mean, I know the answer to this, but does Hugh Freeze fit in in Nebraska? No, we know where Hugh Freeze is going. We'll, we'll get to that at the end. We know, we know where Hugh Freeze is going. Beautiful Lee County. Um, before we get to. The Tigers of Auburn. Let's uh, just kind of gloss over that Texas game. Uh, Sarkeesian came out saying we can't fall victim to rat poison after almost beating Alabama at home. Um, and, I mean, it was tied at half against your UTSA Roadrunners. Uh, the Roadrunners are no pushover. Apparently not. They're not. They're, well, they're not. They played you know, better than Alabama uh, did. They scored the same amount of points Alabama did in Austin. Right. You know, the Roadrunners are a, a good outfit. And just like we just talked about, those Texas kids had a big old game last week. Physical, big game. And their starting quarterback got hurt last week. So yep. they're playing with a backup quarterback. Still um, scoring 41. That's just the game. It was it was closer than anybody wanted it to be. But I don't think UTSA is just a team that you're going to go beat the shit out of, even if you are Texas. They won the game. Bijan Robinson looked good. He, he did the thing. And that – if I want to say anything about the Alabama defense, I would point to that. You wouldn't have known Beanshaw Robinson was in the game last That's true. Week, that so. is very, very true. Yeah. Um, and just like Jason Isbell says, don't call UTSA an outfit. Don't ever say your car is broke. Um, let's get to Auburn-Penn State, huh? Now, I... S- I just want to point out, gang, I am going to attempt... I'm going to attempt... It's going to be a long one. To come at this without my allegiances on uh, bared for all to see, I am going to analyze this as a neutral party as best as I can. You 
Please. You have a hard out at noon, right? No. Okay. I was about to say, I don't know if 19 minutes is going to be enough. Um, So first of all, let's get this out of the way. What did we learn about Auburn this past weekend? Uh, I believe it was uh, the late Dennis Green who told us. (laughs) They are who we felt they were. Damn, I forgot Denny Green was dead. Hmm. That one hurts. Uh, so we, I am looking at this win probability ranking. It was at uh, Penn State was at ninety nine point eight percent. By four minutes left in the third quarter. Well, I think they started at sixty. Yeah, they started at six. Like sixty three point two percent. That's already a problem <laughs> at, on the road. All right, let's at not just on the road. The I think so the first thing here, the the biggest takeaway here is that happened at Jordan Hare State. Is sorry. One more time. Jordan Hare. <laughs> that happened at Jordan Hare State. It is it's remarkable. Um, you know, basically when you're looking at Auburn only scoring 12 points, Penn State. That means they ended the game with negative, negative two. two points. Penn State had the points they needed to win this game by the second quarter. Um, you know, two two running backs combined for 176 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, I don't know. Full full disclosure: when we when we printed the uh, the Auburn season preview for two five six today dot com, it was written completely by me. Um, I was. Uh, at, at work on a business trip, trying to pound this out. For some reason, some reason, I thought that Penn State would not turn in the performance that they did this week. Not even close. I don't think you're wrong in that because we are operating on the principle that the players wearing those jerseys for the Auburn Tigers are the caliber of players who usually wear those jerseys for the Auburn Tigers. They are not. Um, Period. <laughs> I just, um, I thought that Auburn would, you know, turn it on the second half like they always do at home. Um, like narrow that. It's Which magic? Which magic, right? But I mean, did th- like that, that is what the shocker is about this is, None of the Auburn things are happening. No. And that's that's Jordan a real Hare danger. Did that's nothing. a real danger of yes. being an Auburn fan. Like, we all know how I feel about Auburn. We all know that's well worn. But, like, I, the one thing you've never heard me say about Auburn is that I don't respect them or that I don't think they belong. No, I mean, or that I don't think that they are a quality program. You've never heard me say that because that's just not true. But this particular team physically to look at this team physically they don't belong in this conference well let's start yeah. well let's start let's start at the you know at the top um you know you said you said yesterday we we're texting back and forth that's right we text um if you don't if you have 3 what did you say you have you have, you have 3 if you have 3 quarterbacks that might be the starter you got zero yeah if you have 3 bad quarterbacks you don't have any like, uh, from T.J. Finley to Calzada to Ashford, Ashford, um, mm-hmm. they have talent. They have athleticism. They just don't produce on the field. And if I'm an Auburn fan, 
they that's the most frustrating part. What they need is that machine Urkel had <laughs> that they could jam all three of those guys into one super guy. Because each one of them has a little something that could be good. It's just, he comes out JT Finley. I, that's where they, but no, that is personnel-wise, they don't have it. Look at that team. Does that team look like a Southeastern Conference team? Don't, <laughs> don't even say Georgia or Alabama. Take them off the table. No, they don't. Does that team look like they're even the caliber of Ole Miss? But again, you know, they – I'm not making excuses. They they did lose a uh, big uh, anchor of leadership on their offensive line when their center quit football. Um, they still have Tank – that ain't good. They still have Tank, Bigs, uh, Tank Bigsby. <laughs> Bryce Harper. They still have Bryce Harper. Um – they they have. When's the last time? Think about this. When's the last time that you, Sean Majors, only knew the name of a single Auburn running back? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. There's always been two. There's always been two in tandem. At least from Carnell to Ronnie at Brown. Least, at least uh, go even further back. You know, Stephen Davis and uh, Bostic, and like yeah, all those yeah. guys, there'd be a second guy. Yeah. That would carry the load, um, or when's the load? Tell me who their number one receiver is. It's probably a Nigerian I name. I well, I, I don't think it that's is. it. And I think they lost again, the Nigerian wide receiver. That's the problem. There's no Massaqua or uh, Abadu. Like none of those things exist. Um, this is not an Auburn team. You know that what what felt so weird is that I wasn't sure Bigsby was his last name. But Tank, you were good with it. <laughs> but that's how little that's this, how little of an impact they made. <laughs> they haven't had a quarterback. Uh, like Cam Newton, obviously, and then uh, the kid whose name I'm forgetting, who's the backup to Mac Jones now, starts with an S. He was a transfer. Uh, let me let me. Uh, Whatever. The, the, the point is the same point. They haven't recruited a quarterback. I mean, I think they have, though. I think they have. They, they just, they, I mean, you know, Gus Malzahn was famous for not being able to develop the quarterbacks that he brought. They had the Nick Marshalls. They had the, I mean. Nick Marshall was a quarterback. <laughs> he was. Like, that's not a joke. He was. It's yeah, true. Um, they have not went out on the road. Scouted talent, signed talent to come to Auburn to play quarterback successfully. Yeah. This is when and let's Patrick fucking Nix, <laughs> Stan White. And let's be clear, Auburn is. Can we call them a top fifteen program all time? Without question, I th- the fact that they have not been able to get a quarterback and Cam Newton was there for one year. And they didn't recruit him, and I'm not yeah, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not doing the thing that you think I'm doing. Like he was a he was a junior college transfer. Yeah. Urban Meyer recruited yeah. Cam Newton. Like he like so. I'm not even doing that thing. Cam chose Auburn. Certainly, there's a level of recruiting in that and all that stuff. But junior college transfer was there for one year, a magnificent, magical year. But they they don't. Okay, <laughs> so this is the place. I, I, Alabama for a long time did not have quarterbacks. Oh my god. I can I can name you the list. But after John Parker uh, yeah, John Parker JP, John Parker Wilson. John John, John Paul White. <laughs> um 
singer-songwriter. But J.P. Dub sort of starts the, we have recruited a quarterback. Yeah. He made me crazy. And even then, Brody Croy. Even then, he was the he was the game manager. He was the you know yeah, non but slick. But Brody Kroll, JP Dub, Greg McElroy, uh, AJ McCarron, Coker's not a recruit. He's a come in. Blake Sims um, counts. Blake Sims again, not recruited quarterback. But like, take those guys out, and then you get Tua, Bryce Young, yeah, Harper. Those are Harper. all, and Jalen Hurts, yeah. right? Those are all quarterbacks. Well, you know, we saw that we saw you know that the, the picture that was ma- different degrees. We, we saw that picture that was making the rounds. Like one of the best quarterback rooms of all time was Jalen Hurts, Tua Tonga Viola, and Mac Jones. Yeah. So right, but those are all quarterbacks that have worked. Yeah. Um, you could say the same thing for. Um, could you say it for Georgia? Hell yeah, you could probably you could say it for Georgia too. Like Georgia's yeah. had a string. Aaron Murray to. Jake Fromm, and they had fields there at the yeah. same time, and now you got Stetson Bennett. Like, they're, I'm not saying that you have to have guys that are Cam going to be NFL starters. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you have to have serviceable, functional But I think they quarterbacks. did, though. They haven't had I just, but Who? Tell I, me his I don't name! Know. I mean, it's, it's not like... I'm wrong. It sounds stupid <laughs> with these words coming out of my mouth. It's but, dumb and I don't like it. <laughs> it's dumb and I don't like it, the Matt Hankins story. But no, I mean, I, I think that, that they have had the talent. It's just that they have had those quarterbacks, but they just don't get developed for some reason. I think TJ Finley is a good quarterback. Is he a Mac Jones? No. I think, you know, take your pick of any of the quarterbacks that worked for, you know, six games under Gus Malzahn and then s- suddenly stopped I think they could have had a Jalen Hurts type career. Um, Tell me this, Shawnee, in the era of the transfer portal, which one of them left and went on to do something anywhere else? Yeah, why uh, go and get Phoenix? Well, no, no. Which Auburn quarterback uh, that you think was a quarterback that was underdeveloped at Auburn? Yeah. Which one of them left and did something somewhere? Well, else? I mean, you know, two is not doing anything in Miami. Mac Max had one good year. I'm not talking about the NFL. I'm talking about it. Alabama oh, had oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. quarterback, won a national yeah, championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen Hurts got to the playoffs. I yeah, think, well, as a regardless, transfer. you know he was good enough to play in Oklahoma. You're right, like, yeah, right. Went to no, play. No, you're right. You're and, absolutely uh, right. And um, so they haven't had. Why are they so bad at evaluating and signing talent? I don't know. And you know, you gotta, you gotta think like it's not just like you said. It's not just a now thing. Um, since, you know, the Stan, if, if we're going back to the Stan White era, which I, you know, we might be able to, um, that's not the same like team evaluating talent for the past, you know, 25 years. But so like, it's a, it's a, the institution. Yeah, exactly. It's an institutional problem. It's not just, you know, Scott Cochran's fucking up. So we get rid of him. What a trooper Taylor, right? Was the big time recruiter they had there. Why didn't that guy fucking sign a quarterback? Let's and and with Malzahn, he could mask it a little bit because his offense was so different. Yeah. It was run through this stuff to that. So like, yes, that is part of the thing. That is part of it, gang. I'm not saying it's not that they were not. That would be like me asking, why hasn't Georgia Tech had a great wide receiver since Calvin Johnson? <laughs> because they've been running the options. Yeah. Yes, I understand that. But how does one guy like how does one guy not trickle in there? Like Alabama's had a, a room full of Blake Barnett. You know, all those guys that were that eventually were cast off. Yeah. Like, 
How does Auburn not have a quarterback? And are you if you're telling was me, Bo Nix that person? That I, I, yeah, I, maybe. Okay, but Bo feels like cheating because do, how hard is it to recruit a kid whose dad played there and who loved the school? And, and they still old. lost him. You know, you, you ask like what quarterbacks are him. transferring to other schools? There's one. Still lost him. <laughs> Man, last year when, when injured Bo Nick started playing coy about transferring and we were like, man, no one wants us. Still lost him. <laughs> that, and I, I point out that because that is the place that Auburn cannot live. They have to feel they are better than that. They have to be better than that. Top 15 program. You don't get to be Auburn. You don't get to be Auburn doing that horse shit. I agree. You can't do it. Um, Like... <laughs> This is an embarrassment of shocking proportions. Well, can we get to the most embarrassing moment of the entire day, specifically for Auburn? To me. Um, you sent this to me last night. At Kyle Loomis24 on Twitter wrote, The one solace I have from this weekend is how many Penn State fans were taken aback by how welcoming and kind the Auburn family treated them. That's your win for the weekend. That's why I choose hashtag Auburn, hashtag War Eagle. Is that who you want to be? <laughs> Imagine losing at home by four scores to a Penn State team at their most irrelevant point in a century and tearfully falling back in love with your team because no one was mean to the Nittany Lions fans. Is that who? Because if that's who you want to be, okay. go to AM. They do some dumb stuff at midnight. You can be that if that's what you want to be. But the one thing it does for me is pour more gas on the cancel the Iron Bowl feud <laughs> narrative. Because guess what? I don't want that team. I don't want the fucking nice guys as the thorn in my side. I don't want to be killed with no, kindness. No, and like <laughs> I also I also love the language of and how many Penn State fans were taken aback? They all thought we were going to be dickholes to them. They thought we were going to be like Alabama fans. <laughs> wow, I'm these fine guys with are that. nice. Don't do not come to Tuscaloosa and fall. Oh, we scored another. Don't, I don't even go to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's the thing, man. You cannot fall into the trap of find. And I know that's that's Twitter, and like Twitter is not real life, and I'm not saying that it is, um, but. You're at a you're at a crossroads, Auburn. <laughs> you're at a dangerous place. Um, Gus Malzahn was this wackadoodle thing that you had, and it worked for a while to the degree that it worked. It got you pretty high, and it was not working at the end. And I understand why it had to go, but you fucked up, Auburn. You got the wrong dude, period. And you had him, as Denny Green said, <laughs> he was who we thought he was. And they let him off the hook. They had him. This year is going to be no different than had you fired him or had you not fired him. Let's. So, gas up the jet. That's what happens. Bobby Petrino comes on over from Missouri State. And, uh, (laughs) I mean, God, that would be rock bottom. That would be absolute. There's no way. There is no way that we do not have... it's Coach, it's Coach Hugh Freeze understand. next year. That's the only It's like, Hugh Freeze. They go hire Hugh Freeze. And that's the right move. It is. The guy likes some horse. It's the right move. 
Like, he'd love, he's a whoremonger. He's not a coward. He mongers them. He knows how to beat Nick Saban. He does. Certainly does. Did it twice. Which, so did Malzahn. Yeah. And Harrison tried it last yeah. year. But but you got to get past that. Like, this can't be about being... Right now, Auburn's big story is they are a consistent foil to Alabama. And while I understand that is exciting, and it should be, we are rivals, and I fucking hate you <laughs> because you are a consistent thorn in my side. But I'm telling you, Auburn, you are better than that. You're better than that. And you should not accept that you're not better than that because it's embarrassing. Penn State. Penn, tell me if Penn State rolls into Athens, mm, Tuscaloosa, mm. Baton Rouge, shit, Oxford, Gainesville, Oxford, <laughs> Lexington. I'm at not this giving point. them Starkville yet. They'll be just, Lexington <laughs> at this point. Or Penn State rolls into Clemson. Penn State rolls into. Chapel Hill. Hell, what happens if Penn State shows up in Boone next week? <laughs> I don't. What happens? I don't, they they don't win by four four scores. Is it that? Is it an embarrassment? And then you hang your hat on being nice to the other team. On being nice, because there were a lot of people that made the trip. A lot of people made the trip. What are you gonna? <laughs> because Penn State got it in their fucking heads. We're gonna go in here and kick the shit out of all. And are, are you, and are you gonna trash talk a, a fan of a team that just beat you by twenty nine points? Of course you're gonna be nice to them. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Auburn, you have you have put a fear into this conference of ours. This really did crazy take nineteen minutes. <laughs> With your crazy witch magic, Auburn, you've done this to us that we are all terrified of the witch's cauldron, the smoldering, bubbling heap on the plains of Jordan Hare. We are all terrified of it in this conference. The best conference in the country. <laughs> Those are the witches. And Auburn, Those are the Auburn witches. What you did yesterday was let a bunch of goofballs <laughs> Wearing football player masks, <laughs> mask of distorted football players with leather helmets on, you allowed a circumstance where they got to sit in your stadium and chant SEC at all of us. You have let us down, Auburn. You have not done your part. With that. It just means more to the rest of us. <laughs> but right now, it don't mean a damn thing to y'all. Clean it up. That's an angry, an angry Matt Hankins at Auburn. Um, let's uh, let's see what's happening this week. Uh, week four, we'll skip over the the dumb games like Kent State coming to town to face off at Georgia. But let's stick with Auburn. Missouri comes. I, tr- I, I, I you know what? I favor them more than I did the U.S. military when they went into Kent State. <laughs> There'll be there'll be fewer dead in that massacre did, than there will be in this one. When did Nick Saban go to Kent State? Was he on? Was he was he putting a, a flower in a rifle? <laughs> All right, I don't like it. Y'all can't be here right now. Wait, right. Did he go to West Virginia or Kent State? He's Kent State. Oh man, what Nick Saban remembers about the 1970s shootings at his alma mater? All right, I thought the execution was poor. Oh shit. That's it. Good. It's really good. 
Homonym. Homonym? No. Uh, Missouri comes to town to play Auburn 11 a.m. on ESPN week four. Hankins, who you got? Oh, I'm not that. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I'm mad at him, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> Missouri's a pretty bad team. Uh, I don't know that. The, I don't know that they'll make them look like Missouri though, and that's an issue. Yeah, that's again. I just talked about not needing style points. You don't need the style points. Auburn. But I'd be watching for it. I would if I'm an Auburn fan. I need a bloodletting. Brian Brian Harson needs style points. After the past the last two weeks, uh, not yeah. looking great. Uh, Mississippi State hosts Bowling Green. Uh, Tennessee welcomes Florida to town. Two thirties, your CBS game. This is the this is what the two thirty CBS game is all about. Uh, you know, they might even bring back Vern for this one. Like in Tennessee, Florida does feel like the quintessential two. It does. It like, does. One hundred percent. It really does. Um, I don't know. Um, that was Gary. Denton. Um. <laughs> Ah, oof. this is make or break, right? If Tennessee's for real, yeah. I mean, it's make or break for both of them, really. I mean, Florida could. I don't know. I think. I think the narratives around. I think Florida can absorb this loss as long as they don't get embarrassed. Um, Tennessee can't take an L here. They should be. They have played as the superior team. Um, they just paid the coach. Everything's on the table for them. Tennessee better win this game. And for that reason, I think they definitely won. <laughs> um, Tennessee is only a four and a half point favorite. That's, that's that seems seems right. Um, I would I'm I'm calling I'm calling Tennessee by ten. I think I think the uh, that crowd's gonna be gonna be nuts and they're gonna be frothed up. They're gonna be fucking charged up. They haven't played a game that matters in so long. <laughs> so long. I mean, I'm I'm sure they you know. They went through the motions against uh, Alabama, you know, every two years. But no, I mean this this is probably the biggest game they've played in a, in a long time. A um, and M welcomes Arky to town in your six p.m. ESPN game. Actually, I'm sorry, they don't welcome him to town. It's at Jerry World. That game has got getting real silly written all over it. Yeah, yeah. It's got silliness all over it. Arkansas gives up points. <laughs> they definitely do. They do. And they'll give up 17 next week. <laughs> They're going to give up at least 17 because that's what Texas A&M does. Um, I think two fan bases joined by their combined hatred of the Longhorns. Several Longhorn downs seen on the TV yesterday in those two. Hey, don't um, do that shit. Man. I Arkansas wins. Really, really. I'm you know yeah. I'm giving it to the Aggies by ten. I don't think your ten is a lot of points. Gobble gobble num num num. <laughs> Give me them points. Num 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 num. The Arky Texas A and M uh, line. Well, that's just basketball. <laughs> Texas A and M by free throw. <laughs> Uh, four and a half. Arkansas, the favorite. Uh, A M. Oh no, 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 no! Give me the, give me them hogs. Who picks to it? No, no, no. Colbert. No, no, no. Of course, that might be last year's. Who knows? Uh, so <laughs> we are not your source for gambling information, folks. If my, I don't support it. If my betting record not. is any indication, and and then Vanderbilt comes to town for Alabama. 
I think that game might be closer than it should be. I don't think it'd be endangered, but no. I think that I think Vanderbilt might get frisky for a little while, and Alabama might be stupid for a little while. Oh, that- I'm worried about these wide receivers, man. I told y'all that at the beginning of the year, and like <laughs> I've not been moved off that. Position. Well, they still haven't. You know, Alabama still hasn't had the time to to kind of gel together. You know, with injuries, with transfers. It's to your point at the beginning of the this this episode. It's like, you know. You fit you fit people in. If if you're good, you're going to be able to throw the ball and catch the ball and run the ball. Yeah, but it's that cohesive that cohesiveness that that comes you know through an off season, sometimes through several years, and, and that's just not. And there when I talk about you know some of the celebration and all that stuff, I don't want to sound like an old fogey, but I'm I'm treating that as a symptom of individuals and not as of a team just yet who have kind of merged and the leaders have emerged to say, hey, bud, we don't do that here. Like, that's where, that is why I think that's an issue. I don't think individually players having a good time is an issue. I think it is an indicator of something that is an issue that could impact winning. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens next week against the Commodores. Um, Also, Notre Dame uh, plays North Carolina, which I think will be interesting to watch. Um, Ooh, I bet that game has a – you know, and I often predict about the Iron Bowl, that the score will be <laughs> diamond-shaped to um, half-eaten bagel. <laughs> um, I think that game might have a diamond-shaped score in it. <laughs> It'll be the actual Tar Heel mascot versus an NFT of an old lady playing Farmville off of Facebook 10 years ago. I think that's a good. I think that's a good prediction for that. Throw the flag sports. Read our columns on two five six today dot com. Tweet at us at ttfffoot ball ttf football or on Instagram at throw the flag. Never getting rid of that. Stop asking. That's it. Go Niners.